We are back in the studio. We're not wasting any time. Get right into it. How you feeling, Ingber? I get. I like the little finger guns dance you had going. I like your hair. Your hair right now is very like hippie. Not hippie, but like you kind of got a little flavor in it right now. Did I tell you I got a fancy haircut? That I could feel it. So my wife, she gets mad at me because I get like the eighteen dollar haircut from whatever guy I live near in Harlem, yes. and she's like, "No, no, we should go to like a nice place. Yeah, like, you're take some pride." An adult. And so her parents, my in laws, got me as a gift for my birthday, like a nice gift certificate to like a fancy okay. West Village place. And was I your went birthday there recently? In January. Okay, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Fuck. Turned 22. Isn't it incredible? Um, so they got you a West Village gift certificate. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fascinated. Okay, so what was the difference in experiences between your $18 haircut and, let's say, $55? Uh, this one was like 82 something and Welcome. it included like a beard shape up when we when we used to do the thing with sims sims was paying like 200 or 400 dollars for a haircut that might be excessive. never reach that yeah don't do that but this was uh the guy knew his stuff he was like he was giving me like you know concepts <laughs> on shape and it's going to grow in this way he had this thick russian accent which you love yeah. you know he's like it's going to grow in the sort of a decent i love and that. you know i'm like kind of like i'm at risk of losing my hair based on my maternal how grandfather good was it? how good was it to have your hair washed that feels nice that's a huge difference. oh the hot towel move on the Oof. beard feels great he trimmed your beard too Little shape up yeah wow yeah so this is i think it's going to be my fancy thing like if i ever like if i'm going to be going to the, like the emmys one week you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. i might like two weeks before Dude, the emmys get a haircut really no thank you so it's growing in night so i'm at like week Check four it out I'm, looking, I'm looking at the monitor is it week uh, four already this is week four it was february 7th that i got the haircut so now we're like four weeks later Do you and see it's really how different growing. it grows in it does grow in nice that's why i spend i spend about I'll just tell you, I used to spend in the 80s. I feel like she keeps upping her price without telling me, <laughs> but it's this uh, small Japanese woman named Chiaku Watsugama. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think I spent like 91, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but this is your, your life yeah, is on I camera. You're on TV. I just wish I could put it on my expenses, on my taxes. Right. And be like, I don't want to, because if I could, I would just grow it out. Theoretically, you could just grow out like a mop until your producers are like, dude, we have to pay for your haircut. Yeah, but I just don't want to get the tweets that are like, you what a fucking <laughs> idiot. We just swallow those tweets for like two months and then eventually they'll be like, oh, we have to pay. But like this. when she cuts my hair, when it's like four weeks in, it still looks pretty good. There you but go. Like if I went, when I used to go to like a, an $18 barber, three weeks in, I looked like a Q-tip. Yes. My hair grows out. So the next the next few weeks are my decision. Like, am I going back to fancy guy or am I? What going? is your gut telling you right now? <sighs> I still have a couple weeks to decide. He said like six to eight weeks is probably the next. Wow. So yeah, think about it. Because what? How how quickly did you get higher cuts before? I would just wait until I was like, this is untenable. <laughs> when, that's, that's your when, schedule? When you get out of the shower and you like your hair doesn't agree with you, you're like, I gotta yeah. get a haircut, man. Speaking of hair growth, Shaquille O'Neal. Legendary. Oh my God. One of the one of the funniest sports yeah, media bits. And I've you're ever seen. very critical of funny stuff. By the way, we're recording this uh two days after, even though you guys are listening on Monday. Yeah, this is uh, March 5th. Coming up a little bit later, uh Austin Hooper and Andre Johnson. Uh Hooper now a free agent. You're gonna be hearing him at the Super Bowl talking about uh the fact that the Falcons are not coming for him, there's a lot of winks and a lot of nods. And, and I don't know where he's going yet, but he had such a big year that I'm happy for him. And Andre Johnson just being a legend and telling old stories of Kyle Shanahan yeah. and how Kyle Shanahan made Andre Johnson a Hall of Fame level receiver, which is really, really cool. And his story about D-Hop. Right. Young D-Hop just like ripping balls out of the air with the one The first hand. time he was like, oh yeah, I could tell this De DeAndre Hopkins guy is going to be for real. Yeah, love that. Um, but so Shaquille O'Neal, you, you thought that was legitimately funny and you are very critical about humor. Yeah, because we all know the difference between funny, funny and athlete funny. That there's yes. a lot of people that are like, oh, this athlete, he's so funny. And then you actually meet him and you're like, you're not actually funny. You're just funnier than most of the athletes yes. you meet. But Shaq, of course, as we know, is funny, funny. And he sort of created this rectangle of shaved hair in his forehead and let the rest of the hair grow out. There was this perfect angular patch yes. on his forehead. It was so, it just looked so, so funny. So he gets like barbered up. Yeah. Um, usually not before every show, but once a week. There is this person, her name's Lauren, uh, that, you know, she's got like the jacket on and like the rubber gloves Love and that. she's like shaping up in the back. And anytime somebody needs a haircut, like Steve Smith was in there earlier. Mm -hmm. 
Turner down in Atlanta has such a good vibe in terms of like the makeup room because everybody just hanging out. Like D Wade and Shaq had on those like eye things that oh, like sure. that like pe- women at spas put on. Uh-huh. And we were like le- making fun of each other about that. And so Shaq sits down and That's he's web content. You should do a little makeup chair web content. So we have he's got all this hair and his beards all whatever, and she starts kind of trimming it up. And he's looking in the mirror. He's like, "This is funny. This is pretty funny. <laughs> I should go out like this." And, uh, and he was like, he's like, I should say that it was because of a bet. And he was like, but what can we say that we bet? And I was like, just say that you bet D Wade on the Bucks heat game. Yeah. Was, okay. Okay. Shaq is always thinking, how can I take this to an 11? Mm-hmm. How can I take anything that we're doing and make it really, really funny? And I, I love that about him because in his mind, just being on TV isn't enough. I need to do something that people are going to talk about. Right. And like in my producer mind, I was like, yes, <laughs> as long as it's not like do the show in a tutu, because there is a difference between funny and like laugh at me funny. Right. But somebody he straddles like, that line very, very nicely. And he's willing to make fun of himself. Right. And not a lot of people are willing to do that. That's why I think me and him get along. Because I'm not afraid to be like, make myself look dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I did a cartwheel and it was the worst cartwheel ever. And then he flipped you on your back. And, oh, yeah. man. And, but like, that's why me and him get along. Cause like, in the middle of the show, he'll go, You should do a backflip. And I was like, You're going to break my neck. <laughs> and he's like, Just trust me. And then we do it. And then he gives me that side, like, little high five, like, we just made good stuff. And um, you know what the thing is? So we did the show with that little girl. To watch Shaq interact with that little girl was amazing. Sure. He's so good at it. Like, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, eight. He's like, what did I eight today? I had a, she's like, no, I'm eight. He's like, I'm seven. Like, he's so good at that shit. I love when an athlete's good with Uh, kids. Nothing better. Nothing gets me on Instagram more, like, routinely. Yeah. And, like, uh, I just saw some clip on Instagram of Jalen Hurts with, like, a bunch of kids, like, running after him. It was just like, what a Jackson throwing a Drew Brees. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the best. Like, ah, nothing better. But no, Shaq, and then he goes out there and they put some beige in, which is like that that spray paint on his head that Carlos Boozer had that everyone made yeah. about. Yeah. So he like darkened the line and all that. And it, it was just, it's weird to be in a place where we get done the first segment, where we talked about it and we go to tweets and all that. And so there's like two, and then like the, the Mickey, who's the, the woman that is like running the floor, the floor director goes, two minutes. And so we have like, we have two minute commercial break and Shaq just goes, that's going viral. <laughs> and then you go on your phone when you get done the next segment, six minutes later, everywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's bleach report ESPN, like everybody. Yeah. And, and you just realize like Shaq is at that level where if he really wants to can change what everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, it feels like it's a superpower. Shaq is uh, one of the few celebrities that's famous to famous people. No doubt. Right? Like, no if, if you're doubt. Bradley Cooper and you walk into a room, he's still like, dude, that's Shaq. Yes. You know, like. Because he's that big. Yeah. Like, being picked up by Shaq, you just, you just feel like, you, I felt like nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I was eight years old again. Like, it was fucking crazy. Because you're what, like 6'2"? I'm 6'2", and I'm a solid 235. And when you see that, him just tossing you around like a pillow, yeah, it's like... Oh, I get tweets right now that are like, man, you're so short. And I was like, <laughs> like I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> not. It's just Candace is 6'6", six, six, and D-Wade's 6'5", right. and Shaq is 7'1". And so when we take pictures together, it's like, oh, look at old 5'6 ass. Yeah. Like, no, that's... It, it's so funny. I, I think I saw some clip recently of, like, Steph Curry interacting with, like, not Messi, but somebody like that who's, like, a 5'7 stud athlete. Right. And you're like, oh, Curry's like towering over this and he's guy. He's like, like a solid 6'4". Curry's like 6'3", 6'4", and like 200 pounds yeah. of muscle. And you're like, oh, that's right. When you look on the basketball court, though, he looks like a shrimp. Yeah. But in, in reality, he's like a fucking jack, huge dude. All right, this podcast is coming out March 9th. Before we get to Austin Hooper, how are you handling the Tom Brady storylines as a Patriots fan? Um, first of all, more. Just give me more. Oh, I, I love I'm rumors. So done. Whisper the rumors in my ear at all times. I love them. Um... I think it's one of those things because someone shout out to our, our coworker Karen. She asked, uh, she asked me, "How are you going to handle it if it turns out he's not uh, going to be on the Patriots?" And I gave this sort of like weirdly sociopathic, unemotional answer of like, "Look, I think that would probably be best for the team, and I think Bill Belichick's talent evaluation yeah. can't be questioned at this point." And she looked at me like I was crazy, like, 
no, like how emotionally will you take it? And I realized like, I don't know if I'm like super emotionally invested in Tom Brady anymore. I, you know, like I, I love- feel like Patriots fans for the last three years have been talking about the decline and his age Yeah, because he's what, 42. Yeah. So I believe that when he turned 40, we talked about it so much because we don't see quarterbacks at this age performing like this. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about somebody's age a lot, you inevitably think about retirement or death. Because it's like with age comes a decline. Right. I feel like you guys have been arguing about Brady's non-decline that now in your heart, you're so done with talking about how he's still good that in the back of your head, you're like, no, I watched the playoff game. Like I, I, I saw, I saw the limitations. And look, it's possible. Pa- and also James you're like, Devlin we still and- got Belichick. Yeah. But so I, I also just like as a Patriots fan, cause like it's, it's easy to like look at another fan base, but like you're not in it every day following yeah. the team. Brady had a 10-year gap between Super Bowls from 2004 to 2014. And, you know, so it was sort of like, is he going to retire after 15 years? And the only thing he ever accomplished were those first four years of his career. And then he won in 2014. And I feel like everyone in in Patriots land was like, if he retired today, what a great career. And then he wins it again against the Falcons. Then he loses to the Eagles, but still like one of his best playoff performances ever. He still was phenomenal. And then he wins again in 2018. Like, I feel like every other year for the last six years, we've been saying like, man, he should, he could just retire and I'd be happy with that. What a perfect career. Exclamation point done. Yes. And now it's like another two years later. It's like, I don't know how it's possible that he's still on the team. Yeah. It's, I still think he can play. I still think he's a top 10, 12 quarterback. Um, my, My thing right now though is, I have always been team Belichick Mm -hmm. and I have always wanted them to split because I have always wanted Belichick to win because for me in the legacy, I believe that Belichick should be held higher than Brady. Mm. And I believe that Belichick is the greatest coach that's ever coached in the NFL. And I have debates with Tom Brady. And for me, if they both leave with the same amount of Super Bowls, there will be debates 20 years from now about was it Brady or was it Belichick? Mm-hmm. And I want Belichick to win more. But if, but if Brady goes to like Belichick Las Vegas, meant more. if Brady goes to Las Vegas and wins one and, and does like years, a Peyton Manning on the Broncos, that would be, that would be fucking wild. Yeah. But I would love to see that Yeah, because I believe that on their own, they would still both be unbelievable, mm-hmm. but I am more of a Belichick guy because I'm more amazed at what Belichick does. Like, I think what he does is harder, mm-hmm. but um, I'm tired of it already. <laughs> I think that the Vrabel on the cell phone was doctored. I thought that was a Photoshop this is or a great like, take. like I a like Jimmy this. Fallon like prank. Yeah. Um, I also uh, it just an, there's nothing that annoys me more than SportsCenter putting up an Instagram or a tweet from Tom Brady and and reading it as though Tom Brady wrote it. Actually, mm-hmm. this is a man that outsources everything from his cooking to his exercise. He doesn't even stretch himself. And you believe he's firing away 280 characters. Right. I hate when they go, man, Tom Brady with a hilarious reaction. He has like Chopra is like directing his documentaries. Like there's no way he's, he, I bet you he doesn't even touch his phone. Right. Like, so I'm just done with this. Like, like how did we see the Hulu tweet before the Super Bowl? And then like, we like everything is manufactured. Oh yeah. That was in the works for 18 months before that tweet. So for me, it's, this is all just manufactured, created media. And I hate how everybody falls for it. And it annoys me to no end. I'm over it. Um, at the same point, like I'm more interested in where Andy Dalton goes than where Tom Brady goes. Right. That's a lie. That's a lie. lie. All right. Let's get to Austin Hooper. A good friend of the podcast had an amazing year. Where does he go in free agency? We don't know. He doesn't know, but we know the interview is good. Take a listen. One of my favorite interviews that I have ever done happened this past summer in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'll be honest, I didn't even know I was going to interview him that day. And he's sitting to my right right now. Austin Hooper, who just went to the fucking Pro Bowl because he's a Pro Bowl tight end. How the fuck are you? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me That again. was way too calm. Can you stop being professional? Can you, like, really be out? <laughs> Thank you. There, there we go. That's there what go. I wanted. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, you gave me some good, good juju from last year's yeah. Super Bowl in Atlanta. My first interview with you. And set the tempo for me getting back, so I appreciate you. How good did this season? I mean, the wins and losses weren't that good. I'm with you. But to be a focal point of the offense and to really hit that next gear, how yeah, good it's like, did it feel? It's like what we were talking about last year, right? That 
building the relationship. And I told you at the end of the interview I was going to do the same thing. So Matt and I just had yet another offseason yeah. season together, yet another couple thousand reps to just get our timing within, you know, at the time was another new offense for Dirk Cutter. was new for me. It wasn't yeah. new for Matt having former experience with the guy. But, you know, Dirk's offense – is just tailored for the tight end, the wide position. So yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was really happy. When, when you have, you know, because this was year four for you, correct? You kind of you grow a little bit every year and all that stuff. Do you look back at year one and be like, "Damn, that was so much harder." Yeah, no, no doubt. I try to burn that tape if I could ever get my hands physically on it and no get doubt. rid of those, get rid of those rookie uh, growing pains. But you know, it comes with it. I mean you got to learn how to walk before you can run. So, I mean, I feel like that was my job every year, just slowly getting better and better yes. and better. So we'll see how it all shakes out. There were two clips from the first time we talked that people resonated with. Yep. The Julio Jones story and about Nostradamus. how you do that, and then Nostradamus with Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, if, he, if, if the Super Bowl goes his way, is going to be what Sean McVay was last year. Oh, he's the best, he's the best. And you've seen it for so long. Mm -hmm. But now he gets all the credit because he's the head coach. Is there, are you happy for the guy? Like, what's that relationship like? Yeah, absolutely, right? Being a coordinator, yes, you are important. But no, you aren't the face of the franchise at that point. You're quarterback and your head coach. So I'm just happy to see what has happened with his career in terms of being a head coach. Because all the guys who's played with him since... You know, guys in D.C., the yeah. guys in Cleveland, everyone's seen what he's able to do. Now he's able to do as a head get, head man. And what's impressive to me, Adam, is how he can still manage game situations while still being completely on top of the adjustments right. that need to be made right. so they can take shots on and set stuff up. So, I mean, that's more imp- impressive to me than just being the head coach and being the coordinator. He's, he's thinking on three. He can figure out a way to do both of them. Absolutely, and that's a very rare talent. I really thought that midway through the year – Quinn was going to get let go. You guys have a bye week. Mm-hmm. Come out of the bye week. You beat the shit out of the Saints, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Saints were an incredible team, and that was kind of the catalyst to yes. bounce us through the second half of the season because we All changed sudden, defensive coordinators throughout that week, so we didn't have a lot of time for the guys defensively right. to prepare some of the stuff we played with in the offseason and training camp. But for the most part, we didn't really run it too much throughout the season. So when Raheem became the full-time coordinator, right. you saw us starting to mix up cover two, start to play with more rotations a lot more instead of just standing up, lining up Same in it. Same thing every time. Yeah. But what happened was is the second half, it was a different team. It was the team that I'm sure you guys thought you were going to be at the beginning of the year. No question. And then the W starts stacking. The It starts showing itself. Mm-hmm. Where do, you, where do you stand now? Because there's something about seeing you guys shift halfway through the year that has to almost give you guys more confidence. No question. I mean, obviously we didn't start out the right way at all. Uh, but the way things ended just gave us a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence in what we got, the guys we have, and especially Raheem Morris. I mean, yeah. the things that he did in that defensive back room, nothing short of flawless because that, you know, through no fault of, no one's on. I'm not yeah. trying to throw nobody under the no. bus, but the communication wasn't right on the back end. You know, it's never a good idea. Even the fans at home know if there's a touchdown, some guys start pointing like, "Yes." you know, that's not good. That's not a good ball. So, I mean, Raheem got in there, and everyone was dialed on the same exact page, and we didn't see those, you know, senseless errors, especially on the back end, man. You mess up on the back end, that's six. When you can have a former head coach as your DB's coach, mm-hmm. that's the kind of leadership you can get, though. No question. Was a DB coach for 15 years, so, I mean, the man knows his stuff. Um, I keep saying you and we about Atlanta, you're a free agent. And to be a pro bowler right now, I'm going to say this in the camera, with all the bravado and confidence, that is the LEFKOE man. Uh, There aren't that many tight ends in the NFL that are better than this guy. And I'm looking at the two teams in the Super Bowl, and I say, oh, there's a really good tight end. Oh, there's a really good tight end. And if you want your offense to click – you need a guy that can do everything. And this is that motherfucking guy. And I think that you're a top five tight end in the NFL. And I'm just curious how you're going to approach this because I think that your agent's going to be getting a lot of fucking calls. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it low-key. I mean, it's I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't a- anxious, right? I mean, this is something all players want to get to. 
but now that it's here, I mean, it's almost it's bittersweet. Don't get me wrong, I'm completely happy with my situation, but you know, I just got to see how it shakes out because right. again, I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. Just keep it the same. I mean, my focus is just on playing ball. Yes, I'll let my agent handle all this stuff, and when the Falcons talk to my agent, we can start the whole offer process. But if not, you know, no hard feelings. It's a right. business, and that's the beauty of free agency. I will say this for you because you don't need to, Atlanta. Fuck this up, okay? You got a gem. Paid a man his money. I guess don't say anything. I don't need you to say anything. Um, you, I mean, you're four years in. You're you're a legitimate pro bowler. Did you ever have doubts that you'd get to this, or did you ever have the thought that this one day would happen? To be honest, not really. I mean, I'm just a goal setting person. I just always like setting tangible goals. So my okay. first year was just like, you know what? get my feet underneath me second year was become a starter third year try to make the pro bowl ended up you know getting an alternate bid and then my fourth year was a dominate and up until i got hurt i was number one or two in every category sure. and then when my knee happened at that point i had to readjust my goals you know i mean that's the nature of the game 100 percent injury right. rate so still i thought i uh finished with my best year and i feel like had i not got hurt i would have broke that thousand yard barrier which is you know now, since I got hurt, that'll be my next goal. Sure. 1,000 yards is the next goal on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, man, how do you enjoy an offseason? Man, I'm real relaxed. <laughs> kidding me? It's been bouncing around. If my house uh, didn't sustain a little water damage, I'd be back in Atlanta right now. But, uh, you know, South Beach in the wintertime, hanging out with Adam Lefko on and off the camera, ain't a bad life either. And it? And we're going to have to get on a boat or something like that. Hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. Give me a little, <laughs> some Cali vibes. We'll take it to the next level. No doubt. Um, I knew you kind of grew up a Raiders fan. Yes, sir. They're about to be the Vegas Raiders. How does that make your, like, childhood feel? I mean, it's just a progression of business. I mean, now just I know a ton of people that are just getting little townhouses and condos out in Vegas. So. Are they really? Are you kidding me? Tell me about it. You know, the real estate market, Adam, when the Raiders said they were moving to Vegas, shot through the roof for a reason. Right. Like, they're building so many little developments, especially little townhouse developments, stuff that are easy to get in and out of that you can leave alone. Right. And you can rent out the rest of the time for tourists and everybody. So wow. it's just, for an investor, it's a win-win. Like, I am out of it being from the Bay. Like, it is what it is. The yes. owner wants to make money. At the end of the day, this is all a business. Isn't it interesting when you're in the NFL for a little bit, the Warriors move is something I'll tell you, Adam, that hurt the Bay Area a lot more, though. Going to their new arena. Yeah, even though it's just right across the water. But, I mean, the city of Oakland felt slighted because they were there through it all. Yes. It's, and now that all the tech nerds love the game, now they move it across the water. In a weird way, it does feel like the Warriors were appropriated. You know what I mean? But it's good that they got all their championships before the move. Yeah, no, Oakland, Oakland got to get sent out the right way, I guess. But, I mean... You know, that, that was something I would say would be super painful. Vegas, I mean, Oakland, again, was pissed off. Not a big fan of their marriage. She definitely right. fumbled that one. But, um, you know, next best thing, Vegas, baby. <sighs> Saw the Bay Area people, $60 Southwest flight. You're there. 60 bucks. that's it. Sorry, baby, I got to go. I got to support my team. I got to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I... I it's weird. Like, sometimes when I know people really well, yeah, it makes it harder to ask questions because, like, I just know you. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but because I don't really want to talk about free agency because there's so many unknowns. And, that's and there's so many shit. questions I there's can't so talk many, to you yes, right now yes. or tell you about right now. Anyway. Um, okay, how about this? You went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Were there any guys that came up to you? And we're talking to you or that you got to talk to that yeah. that felt really special for you. Uh, Jared Cook. We were the uh, two tight ends on the NFC side. And Jared's such a, a great player, a great dad, great you know husband, great everything. It's just kind of like being a younger player, seeing a guy who's played, I think he just finished his 11th year. See Low like how he handled. Such a long career. Quiet assassin. You just take a look at the sheet every year. You're like. Yes. Every year. It was unbelievable in Oakland. Had one of the most incredible catches ever from Green Aaron Rodgers against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible th- thus far in New Orleans. And I feel like and I'm missing. he was a young buck in Tennessee, he would really wow. stretch the field. Like, wow. he's been doing the damn thing for yes. over a decade. Did he recognize you or did you go to him? I mean, we were in the division, so we'd always oh, you yeah, know, see each other. So it, it was cool. Uh, 
to be around him a little bit, seeing little tidbits, little training tips he does. I mean, again, like I told you on and off camera, I don't have it all figured out yet. So I want to go to the guys that are older, right. been in the business longer than me, be like, hey, like I got problems with this part of my game. He was just such an open book for me. So I thought that was cool. What's the Orlando Pro Bowl party scene like? <laughs> Is it just you guys like hanging out in the I, hotel? No, I know you're hitting me talking about coming up. I was like, yeah, Adam, nah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, man. Like, they got, like, oh, it was lit. They had a little uh, alligator rodeo bull, but that's about as crazy yeah, as Yeah, I was going to say, what's it, It's made for, like, the kids, man. It's made for the families. I so, I mean, if it, was, if it was in Arizona, it would be a little different. I mean, I don't, I don't think as many wives and kids would just pull up at Bottle Blonde. Right. I would have seen you at that pro. I would have been there. Disney World for Adam Lefkoe's out, ladies and gentlemen. He, w- he couldn't do it. Um, so, yeah, so man, it's just up. set up for the f- – <laughs> <laughs> open bar, open concessions, and I'm on camera right now. That's all we're going to talk about. Yes. That. But well, yeah, we have an open bar and Taco Bell right next to us right now. I this know. is my my personal playground. Yeah, just in case you had enough hard liquor, liquor, you can settle your stomach with some delicious gordita crunches in the back. It should end well in about 90 minutes to two hours. Oh, yeah, I'm screwed tonight. I'm going to be at a party and be like, I gotta go. See you later. <laughs> and for those reasons, I'm out. Not doing it. I can't do it. And. Did you just Shark Tank me? I had to. I knew you'd appreciate the reference. That was good. Who's your favorite? Uh, the Cubes, man. It's not cubes. even close. Mr. Wonderful's funny like one out of every ten episodes, right. but it's like his his shtick gets old if he just keeps pulling yeah, like, from the... Stop trying to fuck people over. Yeah, it's like it. we get it, dude. You love royalties, but like fucking work with somebody. Sure. Uh, the one lady that's obsessed with QVC, QVC Lori. Uh, Lori, yeah. We like, get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know I have QVC, right? Yes, yes, you've heard Lori, it every Literally episode. every episode, that's there's a five minute segue. And then who's the sap on the side? Robert. Robert, yeah, he's, he's a, he made his money in the tech circuit. So, I mean, different tech stuff. I've only seen it in Damon. Damon's like, you know, Fubu's on me, baby. Right. Anyone comes in with any clothing, they're just like. So it sounds like if you were to pitch something to Shark Tank, you might say, "Cubes, it's you or nobody." Cubes are everyone you can you can get lost. Man, cubes are bust, man. Like, what are the TV shows you watch? Shark Tank. What I uh, I just saw. Have you seen Don't Fuck with Cats? No, my producer David Ingram was telling me about it, and it sounds right? really intense. I don't like cats, so like I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to watch it because I was like, what is this weird like cat documentary? And I found out it was about like this online serial killer. I was like, this went way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so you recommend it? It was good. It was well done um, for what it was, I guess. This should be a segment. Austin Hooper rev- like reviews Netflix shows. Dude, Bleacher Report, I got you. Uh, Free content. Have you seen Money Heist on Netflix? I have yet to see Money you Heist. You need to watch it in Spanish with English subtitles. It is phenomenal. The way they say, like, Barcelona. Barcelona. It's, it's really, they really good. They got the little lisp to it. Yes. Just so, you know, just so they know that they're better than you. Do you watch Power? I'm here and there. I just couldn't it's really get good, into it. But I watch yeah, it. No. <laughs> After like the tenth person was told me what's happening the next three seasons in yeah. lascivious detail, I was like, I don't need this why? anymore. Yeah. What I, about I movies? You got Oscar picks? <sighs> the only good one that I really seen, I, I thought Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. That was yes. Like for any actor to do that role, and for anyone who's played that role in the past, beg them not to do it, just for the obvious psychological right. reasons and all the crazy you know things they gotta yeah. take to get in the character like that so for what he did in that i would go with joker i thought it ended in a way where heath ledger's character picked up perfectly and i yes. think he was so unique that it was like yes. how are you gonna live up to that and i thought it set it up it was like oh that's how he got that yes way. he was a perfect segue and then yes. you see the character build over time and then you get to heath god rest rest in yeah. peace but like he took that character to another, le- like, more sadistic level. So you could see how it starts and see how Heath would carry it I've on. never asked you this before. Do you get into character before you play a game? Like, is there a switch? Uh, for me, no. I mean, I'm pretty much like this. Like, you've been around me on and yeah. off camera. I'm well, you were like chill. this 100% of the time. Yeah, no, like, unless someone wants to, like, do some bullshit on the field, like, I'm pretty mellow. Like, When's the last time that happened? Somebody tried to start some shit. Oh, uh, yeah. one Probably kid. the Saints. Yeah, it's always a DB, right? Yeah, there's always someone, and then it's like they wouldn't do something on the top of route. You know, the ball would be, like, not even near you. I'm like, bro, that, what are you talking about? So 
but yeah, they're they're super nice in coverage. But when it's time for run game, it's like bring that ass here. Was it Jalen Mills of the Eagles? No, no, no. Mills Mills chirps a lot, but he like, chirps a lot, and he's he, the king of like you beat him for forty yards, and then the next one the ball's like twenty yards over, and he's like not in my house. <laughs> like you didn't do anything, Jalen. <laughs> yeah. Well, now DBs are funny like that, but uh, yeah, it'll be an unnamed DB tried a little something, and he had to get dumped real quick, and then. Yeah, but, I mean, most corners are loud. You know how it goes. And yeah. then, then 11 walks out there. Then, Julio. Yeah, they get real quiet. That's actually interesting. Dude, so you I've watch some great ones. You watch them change when Julio walks on the field. <laughs> no question. It's like you realize, like you watch a wolf pack, you see when the alpha walks in, the other wolves just naturally like just. Their heads go down. Yeah, they don't look at them directly in the eyes. It's funny. Like some, like all of them will start off hot, right? And then after, you know, eight catches 100 yards later, you know, they get a little slice of humble pie and they're, you know, I don't hear as much going on in the perimeter anymore. But. Was there ever one guy that was super loud and you watched a huge trans? Uh, the guy who was loud, but half the time he's funny is, is uh, uh, Jess, Jamal. I don't know what Jamal Adams. I don't know where I'm forgetting Jamal's at. I just was yes, with him a couple in the days, Pro Bowl. Yeah, we were just chatting it up he on is that funny. after party. He's hilarious. At least he gets, like, hilarious with it. Like, yes. So he was loud, chirping. He was chirping at the Pro Bowl, too. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And so you watched Julio change him a little bit? No, I mean, it wasn't a match. I'm just saying DBs in general when yeah. they're around, like, those elite route runners. It's just it's just something I've noticed, at least being with Falcons. First the quarter compared to the fourth quarter. No question. Completely different. Yes. Gets a little, little more quiet as the game goes on and on. Of all the Pro Bowlers... Who is the funniest? Who was the funniest Pro Bowler you experienced? Harrison Smith is hilarious. Really? I, I swear. Like I know I don't want to. I don't know if I'm hurting his brand, Hitman Harry, or what. But like he's hilarious. Like the coolest guy ever. I had no his idea. His pops was a doctor. Is excuse me, is a doctor. It was like my dad, his dad, me and himself. Like we we ended up having cigars till like three or four in the morning because that's awesome. You know we take Pro Bowl practice real serious the next day, so. <laughs> We had a good time, you know, had had a couple beverages and just, yeah. like, talked about life. And he's he's funny, man. I Real good that. dude. We're going to do this again. Hey, man, you got me the Pro Bowl from this last one. Let's keep yeah. this thing annual. I'll be, I'll be in Atlanta a lot. We'll make something happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk off camera. Thanks, yes. guys. Austin. Oh, wait, wait, one more time. One more thing. I need you to reach in here. It's a bunch of random sentence fragments. I need you to look at the camera where my man in the shirt is. And I need you to give my your best Denzel Washington very dramatic read into the camera. <laughs> there is a man amongst us. No, no, us. you got to look right into the camera. I'm, I'm getting into character oh, I'm here, man. Sorry. No, I completely messed it up. There is a man amongst us. You got to do that again. <laughs> Cali boy sound like Denzel. This should end well. Deep breath. There is a man amongst us. There is a man amongst us. And I'm out. Scene. Awesome. Austin Hooper, pro bowler, the man. Thanks again to Austin Hooper getting it done at Super Bowl Radio Row. Next up is Andre Johnson, an amazing outfit, low-key personality. Yep. Cool, very, though. Very quiet cool. Yeah. Cool, like walks into the room cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also the perfect example of like walks in the room and people go, I, I know who that is and I don't. Right. You know, which is like the life of every NFL player. Sure. I feel like. uh, take a listen. Andre Johnson, great stories about Hopkins, great stories about Kyle Shanahan. You're going to love it. Take a listen. This is one of the strongest fits we've had on the show. We are head to toe. Nike, is that an off-white too, Virgil Abloh? Man, I, I don't know. I we had the double Nike swoosh with the Air Max 270s. Yeah, I saw it in the store and just grabbed it. You just said, I'm going to take it off yeah, the rack? Yeah, I'm just take it off the rack. Andre Johnson. One of the best wide receivers that have ever played in the NFL. And uh, you're currently a special advisor on the Texans. Is that still a thing? Yeah, well, it was a, it was a one-year deal. Uh, gotcha. We, uh, we're supposed to meet again and yeah. uh, just discuss some things. So we'll what was that experience like? Man, it was, uh, it was, it was good. Uh, it was a good, great experience. Um, Especially to see the other side of it, hundred percent. Yeah, so it was a it was a cool experience. It was it was a struggle at first. Uh, sure. Just you know, being off for a few years, and then uh, the training camp 
man, that was that was rough, you know, getting home 11.30 at night and then having to be right back up. I The fact that you did it is crazy to me because I never expect – I think you're a future Hall of Famer, so when that happens, it's a lock. Right. But I never expect the stars to want to go into coaching right. because the hours are fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. It like, is. was that – it was even a shock even though you knew it from your playing days, I'm sure. Well, I – I didn't really want to coach, um, and but Bill wanted me back around the team. Yeah. And uh, so he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> what does special advisor to the head coach sound like? So I was like, cool. Yeah. So, um, it just kind of, you know, I, I, I still work with the receivers a little bit, uh, but I was just kind of involved with everyone. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine that you owned this city for a long time. <laughs> Killed it at the U. Born and raised here. Um, having the Super Bowl here and to see all these like football legends walking around and this is your city, what is it like when it's in your hometown? Because I don't know what that's like. I always, I always tell people the Super Bowl should be here every year. Right. Um, I don't think there's a, a better place that you can put it. Um, you know, I was just, I'm just walking here. And yeah. I walk right into Ed Reed, you know, my boy. So. Yes. You know, just I, I've seen so many guys I haven't seen in a while, you know, yeah. just uh, former players and things like that. So it's uh, it's always a great experience. What was it like to see Ed go in the Hall of Fame? Man. Uh, like how much pride did that give that, you? That was that was big, man. Like, you know, the, I was with, with this guy, like, you know, almost every day. Right. You know, um, in college, he – you know, he was a he was a year older than me, but you know, he kind of took me under his wing, and um, you know, he he, he kind of looked after me. So, could uh, he tell right away that you were going to be special? Like, was he telling you that stuff? Yeah, I think you know, I think a lot of people, uh, him, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss, a lot of those guys saw things in me that I probably didn't see it myself really? at the time. Yeah, because um, me, me and Santana were roommates. Yes. So. Santana. His energy is a little different than you. Yeah. yeah. So, he knows where the party is at all times. Yeah, so Santana was just like, we would be just like laying there, you know, curfews. And <laughs> he'll just start talking and he would just be like, Jerry, man, like you're going to have to be the guy to take this over when we leave. Damn. So, uh, yeah, you really did carry the torch. Yeah, like, so once they left, then it was me. Right. Know? So uh, I just, I just used to listen to it. I really didn't say much. You know, when he would tell me and, uh, you know, I just would try to learn everything I could from those guys. No doubt. I just applied it to my game. How about the fact that Reggie's up for the Hall of Fame now? That's big, man. All the year, like, the Maya, the U, yeah. the, that era was unbelievable. Right. And then to see the success, the fact that every year a new guy from your team is up for the Hall of Fame. Right. Like, I, I, I interviewed Reggie. I think he should go in. And part of the reason I think he should go in is – I think he's number two all time in playoff stats. Right. And for some reason, we don't count that yeah, when we're looking at it. Yeah, it doesn't get counted. Which count. doesn't make sense to me. But what kind of a guy was Reggie in college to the fact that now he's not like, what's, what do you remember back then? Well, uh, I always said when, when I got to Miami, I always said Reggie was the, he had the best hands I had ever seen. Really? You know, as far as catching the ball. Sure. Yeah, so, uh, wasn't, the, he wasn't going to kill you with his speed, yes. But he was faster than what people thought, um, and he was a—he was just a—he was a route te- technician, man. He ran some great routes. Oh man! And uh, well, you have to with Peyton. Yeah, you know he ain't gonna let you <laughs> not do that. Yeah. So, uh, and it was—it was just like even you know being in the same division, you know, just playing against them twice a year. Like, yeah. You know, I would always stand up on the sideline and just watch him watch him play i've learned that that's the number one sign of respect in the nfl yeah when there's a guy on the other team that makes you want to watch instead of kind of sitting over there and figuring out yeah. i need to see him yeah i feel like that's the ultimate sign of respect yeah it is uh i think that's the biggest thing like i always tell people like i, I never really worried about what the media or anybody else had to say yes as long as my peers knew what type of player i was and respected my game that's all that really mattered I just, while you were talking, I pulled up your draft, which is 2003, yeah. which to realize that that was 17 years ago is fucking crazy right now. <laughs> and I'm realizing 
that the 10th pick in the draft is playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs, yeah. Like, I remember when he was in the draft, I think he had like 48 sacks at Arizona State. Right. And, but to still see him playing, that's got to be crazy because I'm looking at like the names Carson Palmer, Byron yeah. Leftwich. Like, yeah. Leftwich down there coaching Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like, Carson Palmer's younger brother is mentoring quarterbacks, right. and Suggs is still rushing the passer. That's nuts. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So I think the only two guys were left were uh, Jason Witten wow. and uh, Terrell Suggs. Right. Yeah. So I got to see uh, Jason actually twice this year. Um, we both got inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. That's really cool. And uh, and then we played him in the preseason. So I I was just talking to him like, dude, like what made you uh, come yes. back? You know, but he was like, he still had that fire. Like he still wanted to go out and play. So, uh, and then seeing Terrell, you know, they end up beating us in right. the playoffs. Right. Um, just to see him out there, man, he, he can still get after the quarterback. He's just a nasty dog. Yeah. Man. He can't stop. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. So you get to go and you're still working with the Texans yeah. last year. And Hopkins is really special yeah and i'm curious what parts of his game do you respect the most and, and appreciate the most i think the thing with hop uh so having him as a rookie um hop was just always just throw it up you know that was his thing that's what he was in yeah, clemson too just throw it up and you know i had to pull him to the side and was like hey you you don't play that way in this league. You know, you get, there are times when it will happen, but you have to go out and run routes and create separation right. and things like that. So I just kind of, every day we would just do different stuff. I would show them, hey, when a guy's on you like this, you know, hey, pull him this way or right. pull him that way. Or if he's on side, use your body. You have a big body. You learn how to use your body yeah. and create separation. And he took that man and just like went to a whole other level with it. Could you tell right away that he was going to have the work ethic to actually work on it? Because I'm sure during your time there, there was a lot yeah. of receivers that came in, yeah. and all of them took the direction right. Right. Could you tell right away that he could do that? I think out of out of probably all the rookie receivers that came in, he probably listened the most out of anybody. Like he was always like. A, like, every time I moved, he was right there. Really? Like, he was, a shadow. like, in practice, like, he was always, like, I'm always, like, pointing, showing him, you know, you know, hey, do this like this. Yeah. You know? So, it was it was a real, a real good relationship. And he, uh, I remember when I went to the Colts and, you know, we, we played them. And uh, I went and gave him a hug after the game. I was just like, man, I'm so proud of you, the way you're, yeah. you're playing. And he was just like, man, I get it from you. Damn. You know, so, uh, it, it. It does me a lot of joy to see him and what he's doing. That's got to give you pride. Yeah. Tons. It is. Yeah. Do you see do you see any of the moves he stole from you? Definitely. I see a lot of him in, in my game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, too, when I think about you, Hopkins was a love. Yeah. You were like the yak master. Right. Short areas. Yeah. Nobody was fucking tackling you. <laughs> like, they didn't want to tackle you for shit. Right. And with Hop, he doesn't really have your speed. Right. You had that next gear. Right. Hop, I, I don't. You rarely see him drop a ball. The body control is insane. He still has that leaping ability. Right. It's the positioning and the footwork that I feel like he stole from you the most. Yeah, he he definitely has better hands than I did. I I tell people, I always thought Reggie was like the best, had the best hands when I yeah. like the out of all the receivers I had ever been around. And then when I got around Hop. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, right. <laughs> this kid is, like, one-handed stuff. Like, And it, it, it was so bad to where I went and, uh, like, Googled his high school highlights. You were so amazed. You yeah, said, I got to see like, you in high dude, school. Yeah, because I'm like, dude, like, why are you always, like, one-handed? He was like, I always, I've always done it. Wow. So I went and Googled, like, some highlights from him in high yeah. school. And you can... You can see it. Like, he'll be at 7-on-7 seven seven and just jumping over guys. one Was there a catch the first time that you went, what the fuck was that? Yes. So, before everyone went crazy about the Odell Beckham catch, right. we were playing against the Giants. And the reason no, 
the reason why nobody remembers the play is because the play was called back because Hawk was lined up off sides. Oh. But he had he had a catch in that game. I've never seen anything like he jumped. He he was running straight ahead and jumped and turned his body and like one handed with yes. his left hand. It was the craziest. And were you playing on that play too? Yeah. I was so you're like on the other side of the field. Yes. And I was like, what in the hell? And so that? you come back to the huddle, and what like? Well, it uh, where the play happened, I saw I knew it was a flag on a play, so I'm wondering like what happened. And they was like, you know, it was an illegal formation because oh. he had covered the tight end up. Right. So. So he hurt himself. Yeah, so I'm laughing. I'm like, man, you took your catch away. Damn. <laughs> you took your catch away, but I was like, it was a hell of a catch. Last thing, was Kyle Shanahan in Houston when you were there? Yeah, he was my receiver coach. For his first position there, he was my receiver coach, and then he became the uh, offensive court. So I have a theory that the best offensive minds right now in the NFL play wide receiver. Kyle yeah, Shanahan, Sean McVay, yeah. Josh McDaniels. Could you tell back then, though, that Kyle was a special offensive mind? Yeah. Even as the – like, what? how did you know? Man, <laughs> I tell a lot of people, like, when Kyle became our receiver coach, my game went, like, it just – Really? Yeah. Why? Like, he – it was just little things he would show me. Like, you know, I never really had problems with, like, with getting off the line of scrimmage. But – he was just like, Dre, like, you're so explosive and powerful. He was like, sometimes you kind of, like, you know, false step and things like this, things like that. And I was just like, he was like, everything you do, man, get parallel, you know, to because it's always going to give you a two-way go. Right. And, like, when he showed me that, like, it was just like, I, it was over. Like, it was nothing. So like, this is, like, in his 20s, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I think. Kyle was maybe, yeah, like 29. Wow. Like that. And you're already Andre Johnson yeah. with all your ability. Yeah. And this kid gives you some advice. Yeah. And you really think that's what skyrocketed? Yeah, because he would even, like, even with routes, you know, he would show you, hey, run this route like this. Or, you know, if he plays you like this, attack him this way. And yeah. do it like that. Like, he was real, he was real great at it. He, he just... You can tell he grew up around the game of yes. football. Like he was, he had so much knowledge about, about it. He was in Denver with Ed McCaffrey and right. Rod Smith and all those guys. So I'm gonna tell you something so funny. You know he has tape of him running routes with those guys, and he, he shows it to you guys, to you. <laughs> and you're like, "Get this the fuck out!" Yeah. Of here. <laughs> so none of this surprises you then? No, not at all. He's 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 probably the most creative coach I've ever been around. It just it's the only thing surprising to me is that it took this long for people to give him a chance. Yeah, yeah. But now he's fucking everybody up, and he's making them pay for yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. uh, he's a great guy, man. He is. Great person. Uh, Did he listen to a lot of Lil Wayne in the wide receivers oh room? Oh, my God. We used to listen to that so much. <laughs> like, what was he playing? Whatever Lil Wayne had out. And he, that he really is obsessed with it. He loves Lil Wayne. Like. We would listen to it on Fridays. He named one of his kids after Lil Wayne. He's got Carter Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You're the man. I need you to reach in here. Uh, there's random lines. I need you to look in this camera where my guy is and give me your best Denzel Washington dramatic reading. <laughs> That's actually incredible that he got this one. It's a place where he's going, but I just need a dramatic I, I'm reading. Not, I'm not good at imitating you. Okay. Oh, you just do a serious to the camera of just that line. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Beautiful. That's where he's going. Andre Johnson. <laughs> All right, Congratulations on everything, Thank man. Thank you. All right. So, guys, this episode uh, came out Monday, March 9th, which means we are six days into eating like a homie for 33 days. We started on March 3rd. Have you been doing it, David Ingber? I've been pushing like a homie. Pushing up? Yeah. What's your number right now? I'm up to 3,900 push-ups in the year 2020. Nice. Yeah, I'm on pace. We're trying to hit 20,000 push-ups in 2020, if this is your first time hearing it. It's an average of about 55 a day. But if you start on, I think, March 6th, there's 300 days left in the year. You only have to do about 67 or so push-ups a day. Man. How, does, is it getting easier? Yeah, totally. 
And it's it's also like you can get flexible with it. Do you it. listen you, to music when you do push-ups? Uh, no, I usually have something in my ear, but I might like be like watching something on Netflix. Just put the phone on the floor and then just like do sets every thirty seconds. When you get tired, are you like fucking? Let's get this shit in there. No, if I like push oh, okay. myself too hard, I'm going to tweak my back, <laughs> so I don't push myself <laughs> to like crazy limits. Man, I, I'm traveling a lot. That eating like a homie is like I'll take uh, cheese its and that's it. Yeah, but it's. Craft services at like studio so shows. So tempting. Tough. Yeah. You're like, oh, an entire plate of pineapple. And airports. Oh. God, airports, man. The hardest thing for me to turn down right now. So I fly back from Atlanta to New York on Wednesday mornings. And because now I've been to that airport so many times, I'm, I'm always going to the same gate. And right next to that gate is a Bojangles. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, they have like, a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. I was going to say biscuits are legendary. Or, there, like, right? or like a chicken a chicken breakfast sandwich biscuit. And the thing that makes it so hard to turn down is the women that work there are so mean that you know the food is good. <laughs> like they're such, they're so mean. That you go up there and they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, oh my God, I know you cooked the shit out of that chicken. <laughs> like there's Meanness some, correlates. Yes. Interesting. Like when I meet somebody at a restaurant, they're like, oh my God, I hope you really liked it. Like come by. I'm like, oh, you're not doing well. But when someone's like, get oh, the fuck the food, to the end of the line. The food speaks for itself. Yes. It's so good they can be mean to you and they know they're going to make oh, sales. Oh, and they're being mean to each other. So <laughs> you know they're busy as hell. Is that their bit? I'm not very familiar with Bojangles, but no. is that one of those restaurants? No, 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 no. Okay. No. It's just like the Atlanta airport at <laughs> okay. like 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. They're just like, what the fuck? So I've been not eating it. I've been trying. Respect. But eating like a homie, 33 days, which means we're going to, by my calculations, around April 6th. Are there 30 days in March? 31. Thir- April, oh, that's a lot of math. Yeah. We'll get it. April we'll get 6th, it. April 7th, April 5th, one of those days. Just for the next few weeks. Eat, eat better than you would have yes. normally. Love you guys a lot. Um, coming up later this week, we are going to have a podcast with, is that uh, Kleiman? Rich Kleiman, yeah. Rich Kleiman. Tell everybody about who he is. Uh, he is Kevin Durant's business partner. They do all sorts of entrepreneurial ventures together. You've you know, probably heard them get interviewed together with KD before. They, work they do on... that show, Boardroom, on right. ESPN. Yeah. We're going to kind of dive into, because we are players, players first. We are players only. We are the Players Podcast. Um I think we're going to have a very good conversation about marketing, about identity, and I think it'll be really interesting about comparing NBA and NFL, because when you're with Durant, who tweets out an emoji and it becomes big time news right. versus NFL players who will literally do anything to get attention. I think it'll be an interesting conversation. So that's coming up later in the week. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man for David Ingber. If someone comes up to you and says, oh, I thought you were someone else. Just remember, you are. Beautiful. Holla, 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 holla. We will holler at you guys later. Peace.